The following presentation is from Mountain Park Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and visual teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Welcome once again, everybody. Uh, so glad that you're here. My name is Alan, and welcome to our second last weekend, second last Sunday here in this building. Hard to believe. If you do have one of these, uh, what we're calling hymnals, it's as close as we're ever going to come to a hymnal around here. But if you uh, do have one of these received on the way in, uh, I want to kind of walk out what the schedule is going to be for the next few weeks as we transition from this building to the next. And some of these plans are kind of taking shape as we, as we roll, so uh, it's fun stuff. So next weekend, September 10th, will be our final uh, weekend, our final Sunday here in this building. Uh, hope you can join us for that. It'll be a, it'll be a memory. And, uh, and then on that afternoon, uh, between 2 and 5, we're having what we call a church warming party. That's, that isn't listed here uh, on the paper, but uh, you're welcome to come to the new facility between 2 and 5, and we are going to talk about uh, different needs that we have uh, in that building, from, from a ladle in the kitchen to uh, a bunch of other things that you might be able to participate in as a church warming party and kind of see how we do that together on the 10th. On the 17th, uh, we are going to have an event. I'm going to tell you about that in just a few moments. I'm going to tell you about that later on in my message. But uh, then on the 24th, that will be our soft opening in the new building. And that is for you. Uh, and so we are only inviting uh, the church to that. We invite you to come. Uh, uh, don't invite your friends to that. We will check at the door. We, will, we have a retinal scan, and so we'll know if we know you. And so, uh, so for the 24th, that's where we're, we are going to come, and we're going to figure this all out. We're going to celebrate together and figure out how children's ministry sign-in works and all that kind of stuff. We're going to make sure we're ready for October 1st, which is our grand opening. That's what we're telling the media. That's what we're telling folks outside of the church, etc. That's where we want to invite you uh, or ask you to invite your friends and uh, we'll have a series set up for, for uh, new people to kind of get on board with uh, who we are and what, what's going on and where we're headed as a church. So uh, that's kind of the plans as we walk that out. Now today being the second last Sunday, this weekend has shaped up into somewhat of a reunion. So what you've experienced here this morning is kind of a reunion of some uh, former band members here. Which, uh, we, I don't want to call them old, uh, you know, old members. It's, they're folks from a different era. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the euphemism there. So we are, you know, we got, we got more guitar solos, bigger endings to songs, and key changes. So lots of great stuff. So excited to have that group there. Also this weekend, uh, this was a, uh, this has been a, a reunion for Hot Church. Now Hot Church, yeah. Hot Church was, for those of you who haven't heard that phrase before, that, that's what we used to call student ministry here at Mountain Park before my time. And it was, uh, it was a, a student ministry like nothing else, that really at the time uh, they were doing things that, that nobody else was doing. There, there was nothing in Phoenix that was, that was, they were doing student ministry when student ministry wasn't cool. They were doing it cool. And so there was nothing in Phoenix that was happening like it, nothing in the Church of God movement nationally that was like uh, Hot Church and what was happening here at Mountain Park. Uh, it was a pretty spectacular uh, movement of, of God. And now all churches all over are doing Hot Church 
church kind of experiences for youth ministries. But back then, uh, Mountain Park was really blazing a new trail. And, and uh, they, led by Allison Cast Eichenberg, who was a student in Hot Church and then became one of the staff, and uh, she led a reunion experience yesterday, and it was terrific. Uh, I know it was great because we started getting complaints from the neighbors again. So that was evidence of that. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> so, so, uh, so we have uh, this morning, uh, uh, very thrilled that we have uh, the leader of the hot mess, I mean hot church, uh, sorry, uh, the, of hot church uh, from that it was Jeff Mugford and his wife Cindy are here, right here. So excited, so, so there we go. <laughs> We are going to get a chance to hear from Jeff and a couple other uh, folks here as we continue to kind of celebrate this reunion and just kind of celebrate all that God has been doing here at Mountain Park in just, uh, in just a few moments. Uh, what we're going to lo- do is we're going to look at how God has impacted lives uh, here at Mountain Park. This morning is not about student ministry. We celebrated that last week. We celebrated uh, our, our passion for children and students and, and all that happens there. Last week I had, a, I had a blast with the children's ministry and the students. I was so exhausted I was asleep by 1230, you know, um, as, I, as I was enjoying that last Sunday. But um, uh, this morning uh, we're not, not just talking about student ministry. What we're talking about are life-changing moments, LCMs. We're talking about life-changing moments moments and, and the numerous and beautiful ways that God has stirred life-changing moments up in our lives. One of the reasons that it is going to be so hard to watch these walls come crumbling down is because so many of us have had life-changing moments here in this room, here in this building, through relationships that flowed out of, the, uh, of this building into small groups and um, uh, mission trips around the world, etc. I remember when I was younger, uh, uh, I, I'll... I don't normally do this, but I'm admitting publicly that I listened to Amy Grant. Okay, I, I don't say that very often. But she had a song called, If These Old Walls Could Speak. And uh, I just think that, that concept, the name of that song is just so profound. I was actually sitting uh, in the auditorium here this week and just kind of thinking and praying and just looking around and just w- imagining these walls speaking. How many worship songs have these walls heard? They're not even that old. They're only 20 years old. But, but these old walls have heard uh, many worship songs. They've heard so much laughter as we have enjoyed life together. They've heard so much weeping as we have grieved loss in our lives, as we have dealt with brokenness in our lives. These old walls have heard so many cell phones going off at the wrong time. (laughs) They've heard so many crying babies at, right at the, 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 the climax of a, of a message when everything is so intimate and then we hear a sweet, you know, sound of a baby here in this room. And so what I want to do this morning is I'm, I'm going to invite up three old walls or from an, a, a previous era. Um, I'm inviting three people who have been here longer than I have, significantly longer than I have, and invite them to come up and share some some life-changing moments. I'm inviting uh, Dave Swisher and Anna Battle and Jeff Mugford to come up here. So would you guys come on up? Come on up. 
each of these three a few questions and uh, just kind of introduce them to you and kind of stir up some life-changing experiences. I want to start with you, Dave. Dave was a, uh, uh, Dave was a, uh, was such a godsend for me when I uh, came here almost 12 years ago. And uh, Dave was the, was the operations director here at the church. And he was a lifesaver for me when I came. And I'm trying to figure out uh, what this whole thing looks like, and so uh, Dave was so loving and helpful and friendly, and uh, I'll, I'll never uh, forget um, Dave's role for me as I came here. But he had been here for quite some time. So Dave, how long have you been here, and what brought you to Mountain Park? Uh, we first uh, came to Mountain Park in 1991 when we were meeting in Mountain Point High School. Uh, we were living at Tempe at the time, but we were building a house in the foothills, my wife was getting her hair done, and the uh, hairstylist, they were talking about our move, and she said, oh, I do Pastor Robin and Karma's hair. You should try their church when you move. So when we moved, we went to Mountain Point one Sunday morning, fell in love with the worship, fell in love with the messages, and we've been here ever since. Outstanding. Great. Go ahead and pass the mic there to, actually, let's go to Anna here. We'll, we'll kind of save you, Jeff, I know you. Uh, so, uh, Anna, can you, um, how long have you and your family been here? Anna is, uh, she's always in the front row over here. See, nobody sits in the front row. We got one front row person. I mean, to, nobody sits in the front row. Maybe I spit too much or something, but, but uh, Anna and her family always sit in the front row every Sunday. So thankful that you're here. So how long have you been here and what brought you to Mountain Park? Well, well on that point, I want you to know. Yeah. And everybody else to know. When we go to the other church, that's Battle Row, right <laughs> over there. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Yeah. I just want you to know. No. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't push that one if I was any of you. I wouldn't push that one. Well, I got to consult with Ariane, the new girlfriend, because she's got my son coming to a different service, so I've got to just breathe. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. And thank you all. This is a blessing. Well, I've been able to be a part of this church for 32 plus years, actually. Um, one of my students, as I taught at Corona del Sol, um, just a wonderful young lady. Her dad was uh, a coach, uh, Dan Pohl, you may remember him, and uh, Avery, my little guy. Um, we were trying to find a church in the community, and we had gone to a French church. It was wonderful. They didn't have childcare, and it was a little bit difficult uh, because we got real excited in that church, and my baby was in harm's way. So I needed to go to uh, a church that was close by, and we, we celebrated, and God brought us to Mountain Park at Pueblo Middle School. So we were able to set up, tear down. My husband came back from playing ball. He immediately became a part of it. We fell in love with Robin Wood and this guy right here. And uh, we just were able to grow with Mountain Park all the way through Mountain Point. Um, I was preschool. Thank you, Jesus, for the elementary teachers in this place uh, because secondary is where I need to be. And so we were able to, 
to move forward um, and uh, watch this church grow and thrive. And my children were a part of Heart Church. And then we all became a part of this church in that seat right over there. Just another reminder. And, um, <laughs> and it was, uh, it's been a blessing. Been that, a blessing. That, you know, that's not what this morning is for. Not you understand that, right? I mean, it's, it's not Seat Preservation Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, great. And who are you, sir? We, yeah. we kind of yeah. maybe need Hi, to be folks. introduced to you. Good to be here again. Well, we came, we were, we were connected with Robin and Karma in Casper, Wyoming. Great church there, Highland Park Community Church. And they came to plant about a year and a half later. They called us and said, hey, come be our, our first youth pastors. We, we had about 12 kids attending at that time. And I like to describe it, 12 kids who hated each other. You know, that's what we had to work with. That was the foundation uh, of, our, of our youth ministry. But that was 1989 uh, when we came. And so I, was, I participated in about 10 years of uh, setup and teardown, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> no, we did not enjoy that. And uh, this place, when we came, our son, I think was five years old, or, so our son grew up here. Our son had opportunities to um, use his gifts, find his gifts. Uh, he became a Christian here. I baptized my son here, uh, baptized many of your sons and daughters. And uh, so this place, like you said, uh, Alan, I mean, you know, if these walls could talk, uh, they'd have a lot to say, lots of life change. Yeah. So it's been a tremendous, uh, we left in 2005, and yet in some ways have never left, because our heart's uh, always here, and uh, love you guys, miss, miss this place. And I've got some more things to say, am I going to get another chance later on? To talk? Yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You got another moment. Good question, though. I appreciate that. That's great. Okay, so, so my, my question, my kind of uh, theme through this is this idea of life-changing moments, of which I know you've had uh, many here, and God has met you, and you've been a part of life-changing moments in many other people's lives. And so, Dave, just, can I just start with you? What would you say is, uh, can you share with us one life-changing moment that you've experienced here as part of Mountain Park? Uh, being here from the beginning and working here for six years, there's a lot of, a lot of memories here. But when Alan asked me, I thought about it. And uh, there was a funny coincidence. Uh, I've been asked to share twice. The first time was when we first moved in to the church, and now as the church is ending. Uh, when we first moved in, we had a campaign to raise funds for the building to reduce the debt. And we had several meetings and talked about it. And uh, we were, my wife and I attended one of the first meetings. And uh, after the meeting, we prayed about what we should give. And we both came up with the same amount which happened to be the amount of money we had, the total amount of money we had in our retirement account. Wow. It was scary, but when us both coming up with it, we thought that's what we should give. So we filled out our pledge card and turned it in. And it was one of the early pledge cards. So that following Sunday, uh, Pastor Robin asked if we would share our story next Sunday on 
how, how we arrived at what we were giving and why we were giving. And we said, sure, without much thought. And then Monday came around and I started thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was going to be the first time that I shared in front of the church. Dave, just so you know, that happens to me every Monday. That's right. Every Monday, I realize. Yeah. So this is the second. But anyway, Monday, I started thinking about it. I said, well, I can say we prayed about it. We love this church, short and sweet. But I was afraid Robin wanted a little bit more than that. So I prayed, God, I need the words to share on Sunday. Please help me. Monday, I got nothing. Tuesday, nothing. Wednesday, nothing. Thursday, nothing. And on Friday, I said, God, Sunday is right around the corner. I still need help. At at that time, uh, I was a partner in a printing business. My job was calling on customers. So that Friday morning, I started out on my calls and I usually would listen to Family Life Radio, and there was a pastor on the radio that morning. He was talking from Malachi, and he was telling the Israelites that, that they were robbing him. And the Israelites couldn't understand how they could be robbing God, but God said, you're robbing me in your tithes and offering. And I went on the first call. I didn't think too much about it. Later that morning, driving around, different pastor came on the radio and he's talking from Malachi and he said God says to test him and put your tie in the storehouse and see if you're not getting blessings from heavens that will overflow the storeroom so I got back to the office and eating lunch and I started thinking about the message and uh, I certainly didn't want to rob from God and The second part sounded like that was our story. We were giving our retirement funds to God and trusting that he was going to bless us for our retirement. So that Sunday, uh, I had the story. We gave the story, and uh, uh, it wasn't the end because we weren't ready to retire. So now uh, Alan has given me an opportunity to finish the story. Uh, We, wife and I, have been so blessed that uh, our retirement account uh, has overflowed to the point where I could retire at 62 and as Alan said, go to work for the church at a much reduced salary. (laughs) And my wife and I have totally been retired for several years now and have not had to alter our lifestyle at all. God was truthful. God, God was truthful, faithful, and that's the rest of the story. Outstanding. Outstanding. Same question? Same, same question to you. Absolutely. What was the question again? <laughs> I got it. Well, you know, um, 
there's several stories that are very special to me, as, and thank you, Alan, for asking me to do this. And um, having been in education, and I also want to clarify something, Avery's 29, so however long Mountain Park's been around, that's how long I've been around, as long as I've been in education, that's why I was thinking 32. So somewhere in there, uh, we've been a part of this church. Um, so having lived here and you know, the, the good part of being alive is there's, there's life and then there's, there's death, unfortunately. And, and as time goes on, we lose a lot of people in our lives that we love very dearly. And my mom actually lived with me for a while and uh, she had Alzheimer's and so I was able to work with her and, and uh, be a part of her life um, when she was, was with us, if you will, mentally and physically. And um, we were able to celebrate her life here at, at Mountain Park. And what a blessing, uh, the people here that just came alongside us uh, and loved us and, and were there for us as a family. And then just a few short weeks later, uh, my oldest brother passed away, so we had to do it again um, right here um, in our home and our church. And to have family members come from Winslow and all around to our home uh, was a, just a wonderful thing, too, that we were able to celebrate the lives of two very special people here at Mountain Park. And then, of course, your children, our children that live here and lives that end too short and too soon. We've been able to celebrate their lives here. Very sad, but it, uh, Mountain Park has been a place, a hub, even when people don't go to church here. They want to be a part of Mountain Park in those very difficult times in their lives. And so I recall those moments and the celebrations, but also the connections made in the lobby of people that haven't seen each other for a period of time that have come together in a very unfortunate situation and maybe just make some connections that social media couldn't do because it's the touch, it's the hug, it's the, the testimony, it's the understanding. Um, so I've been able to watch that from afar and get a hug from students that have children of their own and husbands and wives and all those things and, and really that's what, what life is here at, at Mountain Park. And, I believe, as I thought about what to share, we'll continue to do those things. Um, and the walls here have seen and heard um, many tears of sadness and, and tears of happiness and, and celebrations and, and weddings and baptisms. And I've been able to see my boys grow into a wonderful young man that I just love dearly, um, as well as my husband who has just fallen in love with our Lord and Savior and it just makes him even more handsome than it was when we got married. And so, <laughs> and so I'm just blessed. I'm blessed and I'm thankful. Um, you know, when you say you get to 50 something, you start to see a few things. And I, I th I'm thankful for all of the things because I'm seeing from a new lens. And I love this place and I love you and I don't wanna see these walls, so I'm not coming to see it. But I'll just see it be gone and then I'll be able to go to a new address mm -hmm. off Pecos Road. So, thank you. Outstanding. What if you dreamed uh, a dream that was too big for you to accomplish in your own strength? That's what I learned from this place. I mean, what if you dreamed a dream that if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, it's not gonna happen? Those were some of our early staff meetings. We would talk about these dreams. And we were at Pueblo Middle School and then Mountain Point High School. And then we started to dream about this place. 
In fact, Mountain Point High School helped us to dream about this place uh, because they said, you guys are getting unruly. We need you out of here. Uh, and they gave us nine months and we didn't have land or anything. I remember searching when we began to, the search for land. We had our eye on a piece of property that is now Best Buy. Uh, there at Ray and I-10. Oh man, we want, you know, visibility, the whole thing. And uh, it was, I forget how much it was an acre, but we couldn't afford it. And so we started looking for more land. What could we afford? And so I forget what exactly what it was, like 35,000 an acre here. And the original conversation, because we were like, oh, wow, okay, so that's like where we would like to uh, be located. Um, and uh, they did tell us, you know, this is freeway land. Future, the future 202 will be here, but it probably won't be around till about 2025. And Robin and I, it was like 1994 at the time, we're like, we may not even be alive then, let's buy it. <laughs> and, uh, but we, the, the dream encompassed not just what we were doing right then. We began to dream about, at that point it was 2025, that has become 2017, you guys. And the, the persons that would carry on this dream, that this church would, would live way beyond, by the way, it's gonna live way beyond you too, and way beyond Pastor Allen. Because this place, I don't throw this term out a lot, but this place is anointed. As, it's holy ground to me. If you see me sometime today, like stealing something from, uh, <laughs> Like, if there's a loose brick, I'm going to take it today. <laughs> you won't need it later anyway. Would that be a holy act? That would be a holy act, that? yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I want, to tell you, I want to tell you a story that kind of, of life change about a kid named Matt. A kid named Matt Redder. So we hired Matt. We had gotten to the place at Mountain Park where we were finally able to hire some set up and tear down people. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, I think we paid them like two bucks an hour or something. They were high school kids. And uh, so we asked one of our high school kids that was coming, do you have some friends that would you know, love to work for $2 an hour and set us up and tear us down? Matt Redder was one of those kids. Matt Redder came from a totally unchurched family. Family did not go uh, to church. Uh, and uh, and he started coming. And um, then he would go home after he'd set up. But after a while, I was like, hey, you know, church only lasts for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. I got to come back anyway, so it's not worth it to go all the way back home. He started staying for hot church. He started participating, going on some trips. I think he fell in and out of love with two or three women or girls, uh, you know, they were cute. So he kind of hung around. And I'll never forget. At his senior Sunday, he was one of our seniors that we had to speak at senior Sunday, so this was several years later. He looked at us and he said, my goal when I was an eighth grader and began to come to Mountain Park, I'm gonna be real raw here. He said, my goal was when was I going to get laid? <laughs> and he stood before us on his senior Sunday and said, and now my dream and my goal is how do I stay pure for my future wife? <laughs> and Matt Redder wasn't able to make our reunion last night, which by the way, we rocked it last night. 
Uh, I don't know how many of you remember we had this thing uh, 15 years ago called Break the Fire Code Sunday. The fire department made us change it to like match the fire code because it, hey, we don't want you to break the fire code, but we broke the fire code last night. We don't care. Uh, they can kick us out now. But uh, Matt Redder sent a message uh, via video. He's preaching this morning. He's a pastor this morning at a church in Colorado Springs. And that's what, if these, if these walls could talk, that's what they would tell you. Uh, I had a parent one time, and then I'll turn the mic back over, but uh, I had a parent one time tell us, we took kids all over, all over the world on mission trips, and I had a parent one time look at me and say, you guys are doing amazing fundraisers, you're raising all this money, why don't you just take that money, write a check, and send it to the third world? Why do you have to take our kids into these places? And I looked at him with all the boldness that I had as a young youth pastor. I looked at that parent and I said, because I'm trying to make a missionary out of your kid. <laughs> he didn't necessarily like that. I mean, that wasn't the answer he wanted to hear, but that was my goal, to make a missionary out of kids. Now, you know, not all of them are in ministry or anything, but they're on mission at different places around the world. What an honor it was to serve this church all those years. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, can we give these guys a hand for sharing with us today? Thanks. Now I'm going to start my sermon. Uh, yeah, I know you laughed, but you're nervous. Uh, lots of stories, lots of stories. If, so if you, this is just a, a glimpse of the life-changing moments that have happened around here. And whether you've been here for 25 years or you've been here for 25 days, have you had a life-changing moment? Have you experienced God in such a way that, that you're different? You're no longer the same person like some of these stories that we saw up here. Here's one thing that I, that I see consistently in life-changing moments, life-changing stories, is that we have to let go of something that we might not want to let go of. And then we pick up something that we might not want to pick up. That is a consistent part of a life-changing moment in our lives. It doesn't just happen to us. It requires something of us in order to be a part of that. To let go of something we might not want to let go of and to pick up something we might not want to pick up. And I think this is consistent with some of the, the world-changing words of Jesus. In fact, there's, there's this triplet that Jesus says, and it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's recorded almost verbatim in all three of the books to make sure we don't miss it. I want to read this morning from Luke's version of, of this triplet. It's in uh, Luke chapter 9. You can turn with me there if you want, but I want to read it uh, with you here. It's a, it's a triplet of concepts, three different verses. Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 23. Jesus says, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must des deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. 
But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? These are three verses repeating this same concept in three different ways. That if you want to experience a life-changing moment, or as Jesus says here, you want to follow Jesus then we have to lay down something we may not want to lay down and pick up something that we may not want to pick up. Jesus says here in, in the third part of this triplet, in verse 25, says, what good is it for a person to gain the whole world, gain the whole world and lose himself? Gain the whole world, protect, guard, hold on to, not let go of all that we can, and then lose the very thing that we want to take care of, and that is our soul, our future, our relationship with God, and our relationship with others. And so why is it that that's the direction we so consistently head? In this, in this triplet at the very beginning, Jesus says, deny yourself and take up your cross. At this time in history, 2,000 years ago, what did the cross mean? Death. That's all it meant. The cross, when Jesus said these words, it didn't mean grace. It didn't mean forgiveness. It didn't mean power. It didn't mean forgiveness. Uh, uh, All it meant was death. It just meant it, it, was a, it, it wasn't a, a gold necklace around someone's neck. It wasn't a beautiful ornament hanging in the wall of a home. All it meant was death. Nobody wants to pick up a cross. I mean, understand that Jesus says to a group of people who only understand the cross as a symbol of death, he says, take up your cross. Nobody wants to take up a cross. But sometimes we need to pick up something we don't want to pick up. We need to say yes, just as we sang 20 minutes ago. We need to say yes, Lord, to something that at times feels like a, I'm not sure I want to do this. I'm not sure I want to, as Dave says, trust God with my, with my retirement. I'm not sure I want to uh, uh, have a vision that is way beyond my own control, as Jeff says. I, I'm not sure that I want to uh, experience how my grief and loss of my mom, as, as Anna talked about, how that can have an impact on other people. I'm not sure I want to pick that up. I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. Why would God require this of us? Because he wants us to trust him even with something that may not even make sense, to pick up something we might not want to pick up because as always throughout the whole story, God wants us to trust him. Trust him. Trust him. You may not even understand why God's asking you to do this thing, but it's part of the life-changing moment to trust him because sometimes this life-changing moment journey is not easy. It's not easy. Have you heard this week about uh, the furniture store owner in Texas? Anybody heard this story? Okay, some of you are nodding your heads. You've already heard this. This is just incredible. It's a guy who owns a uh, 160,000 square foot showroom for his furniture store. That's more than three times the size of our new building. 160,000 square foot facility that was in a safe and dry area in Houston. In fact, just outside of Houston. And so when Hurricane uh, Harvey came by and thousands of people had lost their homes and the flood had come in and and so many people were uh, uh, struggling and and the owner of this furniture store, apparently without hesitation, sent out his delivery trucks with their um, 
with their uh, high uh, suspension so that they could go to places that normal cars can't, couldn't go, sent his delivery trucks empty into these areas to pick up people, throw them in the back of the truck, to pick up people who had lost their homes and then brought them to their 160,000 square foot storeroom and then provided, uh, just let them sleep on the couches, sleep on the overpriced mattresses in, in, the, in the showroom, come in and just sleep and go wherever you need to go. They had piles of towels and clothes and shoes for people on their way in. They even had a section of the showroom that was designated for dogs and cats. Dogs, I understand, but cats? <laughs> Seriously? I mean, you talk about someone who's laying down his life for this. This guy, this, his entire merchandise, his entire inventory, he lays it down. I mean, the significant financial loss that he's experiencing through all of this, just laying it down and saying, absolutely blow the doors open. And over 300 people are living in the showroom of this furniture store. He lays down his entire inventory and picks up over 300 people and as a result is a significant part of a life-changing moment in their lives. I, don't, I haven't heard any indicator of his faith. I can't believe that this is someone who is not influenced by Jesus. I mean, this is just somebody who lays down something that human nature says don't lay this down and he picks up something beautiful over 300 people and just cares for them and takes care of them. So how would you handle a situation like that? That's, that's an important question for us to ask. We listen to that story and wow, that's great, that's great. How would we handle our own smaller version of that story? Would you hang on to, cling to the inventory that you rightfully own, that you're allowed to take care of and say, no, this is... That's not what this is for. and You're allowed to take care of that. Or would we, would you and I be in a position where we are laying something down so that we can love others in a powerful way? Just as a side note, uh, if you have an interest or an opportunity already to uh, uh, help and connect with people with, uh, with, uh, in response to Hurricane Harvey there. If you have a pathway that you're doing that, fantastic. But if you're looking for a way to contribute and to help out with that, the Church of God uh, movement that we are part of, we have um, multiple churches in the Houston area and that we have connected with and that we are aware of what their needs are. And so um, we don't have this up on our website at this point, but uh, feel free to email or, or call us and we will connect you directly with a pathway where you can give or find out in what ways you can participate in that. But this, it's this whole idea of laying down something we might not want to lay down and picking up something that we might not want to pick up. And this whole building, this actual building that we're sitting in is another example of that story. That part of the, the difficulty is laying down this building that in some ways we don't want to lay down. And one of the diff most difficult parts of this journey is, is that hill. Is that hill on the west side of the property, that, that hill and that cross up on that hill is one of the most difficult things I've had people say to me, Alan, you've got to move the hill. You've got to move the hill over. And so, well, that's a little impractical. But I have good news about the cross. 
that uh, on September 17th, on that Sunday between the two buildings, that Sunday where we don't have a, a service scheduled, what we are going to do is gather, and you're going to have to write this down because it's not, we don't have a screen or anything like that. It's not written anywhere. At 8 o'clock on September 17th, we are going to gather at the foot of the hill, and before 8 o'clock, a team of people are going to take that cross and put it on a wheeled cart. We're going to put it on a cart and set it at its side, and then we're going to have a long string from this cart, and between 8 and however long it takes us, we are going to walk the cross from this site to the new site. We're going to have a police escort, and we're going to take the cross down Liberty, through Lakewood, and down Fry, and what an amazing picture that's going to be of this, this 20-foot cross moving across the city. What a memory that's going to be. What an unforgettable moment, and I want you to be a part of that. If we had 1,000 people, can you imagine just, just parading down the street and just holding onto that rope and saying, I was there, I was a part of that. I would love for you to, uh, to join us with that. Uh, that will be September 17th, uh, eight, between 8 and about 10 a.m. We'll figure out a way to get you back here. Uh, we'll have to rent a bus or something, but afterwards we'll figure out a way to get you guys uh, back here to, to do that. But we'd love to celebrate that with you. But even that, even that, as special as that is, that is still a symbol. The cross is always just a symbol. Just because you have a cross around your neck doesn't mean that you were living out Luke 9, 23 through 25. It's a symbol. And the harder part is taking that symbol and having it be active in our lives of laying down things we might not want to lay down and picking up things we may not want to pick up. If you've had a life-changing moment, like these three that were up here just a moment ago, here in this building as a part of this ministry, as a part of this church, fantastic. That's why we're here. And that's that, at, when everything is stripped away, when everything is just down to raw, what, what, what is this all about? It's about us hearing from God and responding in a way where lives are changed. I mean, that's, that's when everything is down to the raw core of it. That's what it is. It's, it's us responding in that way. And if you've had a moment like that, celebrate. Celebrate and be thankful. May that be part of your memory as we move from this building to the next. If, as Brian had said during part of the worship, if you're new or this, this whole journey is new for you, and you have not yet had a life-changing moment, we are so excited for you to be a part of our next chapter as a church that we can continue to seek God passionately and be part of life-changing moments at a, in the next chapter of our church's journey. Or perhaps you long for a life-changing moment, and maybe it, it has not come your way in quite some time. And you long for one. You long to hear from God, to experience God, to be a part of God's story in a significant way. Is there something in your life that you're having a hard time laying down? Because life-changing moments, they require us to surrender something we may not want to let go of and to pick up something we may not want to pick up. Is there something in your life that is holding you back because you are not yet ready or you're struggling with laying something down and trusting God with it. Jesus says, whoever wants to follow me, whoever wants to experience a life-changing moment, deny yourself, pick up the cross, take the cross, and follow 
me. He says, whoever saves his life loses it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. He says, finally, in uh, chapter 25 there, it says, what good is it for a person to gain the whole world and lose himself, him or herself? Life-changing moments are about laying down what we may not want to let go of and picking up what we may not want to pick up. To that end, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, I'm so incredibly thankful for the, for the thousands of LCMs represented here in this room, here in this church. For the thousands of life-changing moments that you have orchestrated that you have stirred up in us. And God, we are so excited about how you were going to use this month to stir up life-changing moments in our hearts and that you were going to use this next season of Mountain Park Story for more life-changing moments. May all of this be for your glory, God. We celebrate in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.